Hi, this is Jackie Tantillo, and this is Should Have Listened to My Mother. My guest is the founder and president of the Schaefer Security Group. He's a retired FBI agent. He's an authority on active shooter events, and he's written a book called Stay Safe, Security Secrets for Today's Dangerous World. That said, <laughs> let's find out what he has to say about his mom. Hello, Gregory Schaefer. Hi, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Do you prefer Gregory or Greg? Greg, please. Thank you so much for jumping in on this conversation. <laughs> Based sure, on your background, it's it's going to be really interesting for people to get the, the person behind all this uh, training and, and experience. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you're interested in, in, in joining the team. Really cool. Now, I, I love the, uh, the title of your podcast. And, uh, you know, my mom in my eyes, complete saint and most amazing mother on the face of the earth. So... If I can talk to her a little about her a little bit, I'd be happy to do that. So, well, let's start off with her name. Penny. Penny Schaefer. And how did you refer to her, your term of endearment, or when you wanted some help? <laughs> I, I, I called her mom. Mm -hmm. called, called her mom. And you have siblings? Yes. Uh, she had five sons. Wow. Uh, one, died at a very early, she, one died at a very early age, so she raised four boys. Wow. Secret service. A Secret Service agent, an FBI agent, a uh, Navy officer, and an entrepreneur. So. <laughs> she must be so proud of her boys. She was. She was certainly proud. You know, we used to. You know, I'm a smallest of my of my brothers, and I'm six foot one. You know, two hundred pounds. And uh, you know, we used to you know go shopping with her like during Christmas time, and we'd surround her, and then and we'd play like Secret Service because again, one of her sons was a Secret Service agent, so we like put diamond formation around her. And we put earpieces in, and we walk around the mall like we got protection for her. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna be kicked out of that. And, you know, and she she met President Clinton. She met President Bush. You know, because my brother got her, she got her in the White House a couple times. So uh, she was always. Uh, she had a wonderful life. She really did. Oh, that's pretty great. And so, how come all of you got into this these lines of work? You know, I don't know. My dad, uh, you know, had. I had kids at a very early age. He got married at 19. I had my older brother when he was 20. Uh, although he was of the Vietnam era because he had kids, he was ineligible to be drafted. So he missed Vietnam, and uh, but still just instilled a you know a high sense of patriotism and love for country. That's pretty great. And and your parents and your mom is younger than your dad, or the same age, so they're both they very were, young. They were, Three days apart. Uh, Where did you grow up? Um, well, my dad was an IBMer. So, as they say in the IBM world, I've been moved. <laughs> I was born I was born in West Virginia, and I lived in like 13 states and two foreign countries after that. So, uh, we, we moved about every two years on average. And did your parents uh, grow yeah. up together, or they met as adults? Or young teens. They, they, met, they met at 16 years old at a, at a church dance. And they got married when they were 19. Oh, my gosh. This is like the storybook. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And they're just wonderful people. You know, all my friends and my brother's friends all loved them. And, you know, everybody always came to our house to hang around because you know, my parents were so wonderful and, and loving and caring. And, uh, you know, mom died from Alzheimer's at a very early age. Um, 
but that was great. Uh, her mother, my grandmother, uh, ended up dying uh, on my birthday the year after my mom died. So my mom died on Thanksgiving Day in 2010. Her mother, my grandmother, died on my birthday, uh, which was in February of 2011. And she suffered from Alzheimer's for 12, 15 years and just bankrupt, you know, uh, my grandfather and the family. Emotionally and financially bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. Um, my mom went from zero to 100 uh, in about seven, eight months. Um, mm. uh, you know, we, uh, we went, uh, all the boys through the Tampa, Florida, where my parents were living at the time, um, in, in March of 2010, and went to, it was a 50th wedding anniversary. And my mom got dressed, she did her hair, did her makeup. Now, we knew she had Alzheimer's, and she had already been diagnosed, because she'd tell the same story two or three times. But she was able to hold a conversation. Uh, she was able to care for herself. She knew all her sons and all her uh, daughter-in-laws and stuff like that. But, but, you know, but it was still odd. If you talked to her for more than you know, five or ten minutes, you'd realize that something's off. And that was in March. By November, she was a complete vegetable, incoherent, didn't know anybody, lost. 35, 40 pounds, shriveled up to nothing, and then uh, died, uh, you know, again, nine months, so March to November, like nine months, died nine months later, which is the greatest blessing in the world because, uh, you know, we also had my grandmother who was still alive, and she had suffered for 15 years, and we're, you know, we're trying to put our finances together and say, how are we going to do this? Um, and there was really no answer, and the good Lord decided to take her quickly. And, again, this is in Florida. We see a lot of Alzheimer's patients, of course, and the doctors say it was the fastest progressing Alzheimer's you've ever seen. Again, she went from taking care of herself in March to being a complete, you know, just incoherent, you know, skinny waif of a woman who didn't, didn't even look like a woman anymore. She looked like a, a just a shriveled up old person. Mm. She, was a, she was a beautiful woman. She wasn't your mom. Any, well, she was, but, you know, spiritually, if you believe she... She was already on a different plane. What age, I'm curious, did your grandmother live to? Uh, she was in 91. Oh, wow. But the last 15 years were tough, horrible, if you want to yeah, say. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, so absolutely. let's talk about the happier times with your mom. How's that? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> what was she, did she have a sense of humor? Was she the serious one? Can you tell me a little bit about your uh, mom? Uh, she loved to dance. She loved music. She was a uh, a ballroom dancer. Uh, she competed uh, in the southeast um, with uh, her dancing partner, and uh, she's always she she grew up dancing. She was a you know, took ballet as a kid. Uh, she was a cheerleader back in the fifties. Um, just loved music. Loved Elvis Presley. Uh, uh, loved to dance, and she would. She would dance while she was doing housework. We went vacuuming, doing the windows and stuff like that. She'd always be shaking her booty and stuff. And uh, <laughs> she actually, she actually used to uh, teach the um, uh, neighborhood girls how to dance. She actually used to get paid for you, so they'd give her five dollars for whatever at her session. And she made a little bit of money on the side by teaching local girls how to dance. Now, the local girls needed a dance partner, so who should choose a dance partner? Her son. Her four so sons. We hated it. Oh my god, we hated it. But you know. Everything you know, what comes around, goes on, comes around. And by the time we're in our twenties and going to all our friends' weddings, and we're like the only men that can dance, you know. And of course, all the bridesmaids are like, "Oh my God, you can dance!" So, uh, you know, I like, "Thanks, mom." <laughs> oh my uh, so, gosh, I bet. Uh, 
And then, again, and she had all these gowns and stuff because she used to compete. And she used to go around uh, on the weekends competing in different uh, ballroom dancing competitions. And uh, she had a great sense of humor. Um, you know, always young at heart. She always looked 20 years younger than she really was. You know, when she was 50, she looked like she was 30. Um, so, uh, she's an, an incredible woman. And again, she raised four boys. Uh, we all played sports. And uh, you know, I don't think she ever missed a game. I mean, uh, and, if you, and if you play sports, you can always hear your parents cheer for you, no matter how big the crowd. I mean, it could be, you know, ten thousand people for a high school game, and let's go, Greggy! She would yell, "Just call me Greggy." So, and I, I would hear her "Let's go, Greggy!" You know, every time she'd yell it, I'd hear it. You know, ten thousand other fans screaming <laughs> out loud, I hear my mom's voice. Did you cringe or did you smile? Because when, when I would cheer for my sons, they'd be like, we heard you. <laughs> nah, I would smile. I would oh, smile. good. Uh, what sport? I played uh, mostly football, but in high school I played uh, baseball and basketball, but I went on and played college ball and football. She's great. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody did. She really did. It's called Penny Poo. Uh, or uh, or Smile and Penny. That was kind of her nickname. Smile and Penny or Penny Poo. Um, she was just, uh, she, was very, she just loved life. She loved, she loved, her, she loved my father, her husband, uh, loved her sons, and um, just enjoyed life. Like, you know, and thankfully she passed that trade along to her four boys. I think all four of us uh, have a lot of mom in us. Can you give me an example of what similar personality traits you share with your mom? Well, you know, um, moving around as often as we did, it really drew the family closer. Um, you know, my older brother's only 13 months older than I am. You know, what we call Irish twins. Um, and then my next younger brother's three years younger than me, and then there's one four years younger than him. So there's four boys in eight years. Um, because we moved around so much, you know, you, it, you know, it's difficult to make friends and stuff like that. But my, my older brother and I, like, we were only one year apart and we played sports, so... We were fortunate that we were able to be friends with one another, and then when we got on the sports team, you can make friends you know, pretty instantaneously as well, even when you're a pretty good athlete. Uh, so that helped out. But it, it just drew the family closer. I mean, for the first couple months in a new place, you know, you're playing board games at the kitchen table instead of doing things that kids do because you still had to make friends. So, um, yeah, I think, and my dad was the same way. My dad uh, always had nine kids, and we still have uh, family reunions every three years or over 80 Schaefer's show up. So the love of family was a big part of both the Schaefer family, my dad's side, and the Biagi family, my mom's side. Uh, so the love of family and just, you know, family matters and family's most important, um, that and, uh, you know, it's probably one of the biggest characteristics that I think they passed along to the four boys. It, what is your mom's maiden name? Is she Italian? Biagi? Biagi, yeah. In She's... fact, her, her parents, my grandparents, are first-generation Americans. My grandfather's name was uh, Pietro Giovanni Biaggi Jr. Yay, it's Italian, I'm Italian. It's <laughs> <laughs> about as Italian as you can get, absolutely. And so you are, are you the second youngest of the four, or the five, I should second, say? Second oldest, yes. Second oldest, okay. And did you know the first son that your mom lost, mom and dad lost, the first child? No, I, no, I was three years old when they had Timothy, and Timothy uh, lived about six months and died, so mm-hmm. I really didn't remember him at all. Okay. How did your, did that have, that loss have a lasting effect on your mom? Did she ever let you no, see she, that? She, she really, she did pretty well. She, um, 
it's interesting when she got Alzheimer's and it became worse, she talked about him all the time. And then would put a picture of him on her bathroom mirror and carry a picture with her uh, of, of Timothy all the time. And uh, she never, ever did that uh, before she was sick. So, um, you know, I guess repressed memory, repressed hurt that came out when she got sick. Yeah, and she's but, getting uh, closer no, to seeing him, maybe, you know, depending yeah, on what your beliefs yeah, exactly. are. Yep, absolutely. Well, that's pretty interesting. Were you guys competitive? Like, were you all, especially because you're in similar lines of work-ish, I guess work. there's a clear line, dev- divisive line but in your mind, but you're all government work. <laughs> well, yeah, everything's a competition, everything's a race. So. Oh, I can only imagine. Uh, Even eating. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Let alone sports. <laughs> Having fun. Yeah, uh, everything's competition. Um, in fact, my, my brother turns 60 um, tomorrow, and uh, we're offline. He lives in Atlanta, so he's having a big party. Uh, his wife and we get a 60-day party for him, so we're offline in tomorrow. Is it a surprise? A surprise yeah, he party? knows about it. Nah, okay. He knows. Keeping the prize because she's decorating their house in a in a beach theme, Jimmy Buffett. Wow, sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah it should be. Now, your mama was she a warrior, especially based on the line of work that all of you guys were in? Um, she hit well. Um, you know, I was in the Coast Guard before I was in the FBI, and I used to go at sea for about two months at a time. And she would write me a letter about three times a week. And this is long before email. This is long before, you know, you know we have satellite phones. But those are only used for emergency because it was like, you know, $20 a minute. You know, there's no cell phones at the time. This is in the, in the uh, mid-'80s. Uh, but they had mail calls, just like they had back in the old days. So every time my ship would pull in the port, and we did mostly Caribbean operations. We're doing anti-drug and, and Haitian migration, interdiction operation type of, of stuff. Every time uh, there was mail call, I would always have eight to ten letters from my mom. And she would just... Handwrite letters, what, what she did in the day, everything, dry cleaning, the ironing, the cooking fried chicken for my dad. And, um, you know, and just, uh, I still have all those letters today. They're all bound in rubber bands in, in my office. Oh, it's the best. I saved my mom's letters, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, she did worry about, you know, particularly um, when I was at sea. And then um, uh, I went to um, Iraq twice and Afghanistan once when she was still alive. Uh she was very worried then, but, but she, she's going to do this. She, she, um, she, you know, she's a very emotional woman. She loved to show happiness and love, so she never showed fear or doubt. You know, all the negative feelings, she's very good at, at, at just keeping it to herself. Um, but the joyous feelings, she was very, uh, very happy to share with everybody else. I guess it's something they call her smiling penny. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I always knew she was fearful. And then when I was on the HRT and, and I was doing things that she knew, you know, you know called tip of the spear. And I, when I went to Iraq, it wasn't as a backseat logistics kind of guy. It was getting in gunfights every night. Uh, and, so, she and, and she knew that. She knew that. Yeah, she knew that. Yeah. At that time, we had emails, too. So, that, you know, by that time, we had emails as well. So I sent her emails every day. You know. And I couldn't go out tonight. I, I was going to be careful my own. And, you know, and then get back at 3 in the morning send her an email saying, I'm back, everything's good, everything's great, do what you worry, let me much talk mm. to you a little bit. So. <laughs> oh my God, just like I do with my boys in college now. <laughs> You're halfway around the world. Do yeah. you have children of your own? Yes, 
I got uh, three daughters and two grandchildren. So how how much of your mom's influence do you use when you're talking to your kids, raising uh, your children? Oh, I, think a lot. I mean, you know, they all the grandkids don't remember her. Uh, well, my granddaughter never met her, but my grandson, who's eleven, he, he would remember her. Um, but my you know my three grown daughters, they they all remember her. And uh, you know, she, uh, grandma and grandpa took them one at a time, took them to Disney World when they were all about six or seven or eight years old. Um, so they had very fond memories. Of course, with me being Coast Guard and being me in the FBI, we moved around a lot as well. So um, once I was an adult and married and started having kids, I never lived in the same city as my parents. So it would always have to be during holidays, special occasions, I would see them. So. So did your family travel when you, did you live overseas for months or years at a time with the FBI? Or? Yes. So they were with well, you, uh, or no? So I, went to, I, went to, I went to high school in Paris, France, and my dad got transferred to Paris when I was uh, 14 years old. I spent 14, 17 uh, in Paris, France, and uh, we just traveled all over Europe and North Africa at the time. And uh, you know, my mom and dad would take trips by themselves. We would take family trips. I remember uh, we moved there, I think, like, um, it was in December, uh, and before school started, uh, after we moved there, before our furniture even arrived, we took a two-week trip to Tunisia uh, and spent our first Christmas uh, away from the United States in, in Tunis, Tunisia, taking camel rides, and, and again, this was before Middle East terrorists and stuff like that, and just had a grand old time seeing a part of the world that we never envisioned in our lives ever, ever, ever seen. Oh my gosh, this um, is then, the best. Oh yeah, and then, uh, you know, in that February, um, the, the high school had a ski trip to, uh, to Switzerland. So my older brother and I went on a ski trip to Switzerland. So within the first two months of living in Europe, we did two weeks in Tunis, Tunisia, and a week in Switzerland. <laughs> that was the first two months there. So, uh, uh, yeah, my mom and dad, they, they went to Israel, they went to Turkey, they went to Egypt and saw the Grand Pyramid, and this is just, this is just trips by themselves. And then for family trips, you know, we went skiing every year with the family. Uh, we, you know, we did Scotland, went to the castles of Scotland and Ireland one year. And, uh, of course, we always come back to the States uh, you know, every summer. And then before we come to the States, my dad would we'd spend a week somewhere else. I began to very good care of my dad and my mom. So, you know, I had really good things to stay at IBM. But the week stay like a week in Bermuda before we go to the States to see the grandparents. So we spend a week in the Canary Islands before we would go to the States to see the grandparents and stuff like that. So, wow, um, pretty great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I feel like I've been around the world already in, in a couple of minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. What would happen when you wanted to bring a girlfriend home or a friend home who was a girl? Uh, they, they would make her feel so welcome, and they really would. Um, uh you know, all, even my ex-girlfriends, until the day my mom died, were friends with my mom, a couple of them. So, uh, you know, a couple came to the funeral, you know, from both my mom and my dad, you know, ex-girlfriends. So, you know, they, like I said, everybody loved them. My friends all loved them. Uh, again, we had teammates in you know, three different sports in high school, and they were just, uh, you know, they were the team's greatest fans. And, and uh, uh, it'd be my mom who would, you know, bring sandwiches or drinks for everybody, you know, after the game or something like that. You know, she was just uh, you know, the kind of person she was. So, um, you know, 
Um, oh my they're, they're goodness! They're just likable. They're likable people. They were just. You know, I tell everybody you know, in my book, you know, in my preface of my book, I talk about my family a lot, and that's like, it, was, it was truly a leave it to Beaver type, you know, upbringing. Um, there was no fighting. There, there was no arguing. There was just um, a lot of love. <laughs> it really was. Well, that's pretty great. I mean, I, it just shows in your energy. Uh, unfortunately, your line of work isn't always so bright and sunny, right? <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I hear stories, that, you know, even my wife's story about her growing up. It's just, you know, to me, it seems so normal. And uh, now as an adult, I, I realize how rare it is to have parents like that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? I'm very fortunate. I'm the youngest of seven, and... I know my listeners are sick of hearing me talking about it, but our childhood was magical. We were very, very lucky. And family was number one, you know? Yep. Family yep. was number number one. All right, so was your mom a cook? Uh, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like, how does she cook for five men? You know, my father and four boys. I remember her, you know, standing up the entire dinner time, and she just over the stove, you know, uh, you know, Again, I haven't had fried chicken in probably 25, 30 years. But growing up, man, we had a lot of fried chicken. And um, she would just be, you know, she had these two big skillets, and she'd be just frying up chicken, uh, and we'd eat it as fast as she'd cook it. Right, um, you'd probably eat a whole you know, chicken each. <laughs> I know. And this is, this is four, you know, this is, you know, 18, 17, 15, and... and athletes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Coming back from practice, you know, starving, you're going to eat her own leg. Uh, she'd be her cooking. Um, you know, she made world famous pancakes. Uh, you know, the joke was, you know, uh, kids throughout Europe know about Penny Shaker's pancakes um, because when we lived in Paris, we played sports there. And how it worked there for sports is that you played other American schools in other countries. So we went to the American School of Paris, and we competed against the American School of London, the American School of Rome, the American School of Barcelona, uh, American School of The Hague, so so on and so forth. So we would travel pretty much every weekend to a different country to compete in sports, or if it was a home game, those other teams would come to our places uh, to play. And when it was a home game, every player would house uh, a player from the other team. So being that my brother and I played sports together, we always housed two other players from the other team, um, which really helped in the competitive nature because you knew that you became friends with them and then you competed against them because that was really nice. But, you know, they try to make sure you don't have the same people staying with you every time. So my mom would make these just amazing from scratch buttermilk pancakes. And I swear we would eat 40 of those a piece if she let us. And uh, <laughs> so she would, always, she would always kick those the morning before the games because we played games on Saturday and usually game on Sunday as well. And uh, so all the kids throughout Europe from the other American schools all knew about penny shipper pancakes and they would all be pleading for their coaches, put me with the Shapers, put me with the Shapers. <laughs> Everyone's competing <laughs> to go to stay at your house. Yeah, of course, and, uh, the host family also has to pack lunches for you. So my mom would pack a lunch, you know, knowing, you know, she had four boys, she knew how boys ate, so she'd pack a lunch, you know, it would just be, you know, like a suitcase-sized lunch um, that the other players would get. So everybody wanted to stay with us because you know, mom and dad took such care, took care of them and set them so well. Uh, she made a great she made great lasagna. She made great meatballs uh, and uh, great fried chicken, great pancakes. Um, and then she's a baker. She loved to bake cookies. Uh, her chocolate chip cookies I, I still miss every day. Um, 
I used to always seem to have fresh baked cookies at least once a month. You know, she always put them out there, and, and you know, she made like sixty dozen at a time with four boys around. <laughs> Sixty dozen. I bet. What were holidays like? You were all over the world, but were they traditional holidays like we envision here in the in the U.S. or you had the international flavor as well? Uh, you know, they're pretty traditional American standards, but uh, you know, definitely incorporated a lot of things that she brought back from overseas. Um, when I was in college. Uh, they moved to Tokyo. My mom and dad loved Tokyo. And when they went there, they were empty nesters. So all the other kids were out of school. So uh, I guess it was after college. I moved there uh, my younger brother just started college. So they went to Tokyo together and just living the high life. Again, IBM took great care of them, put them in a beautiful penthouse apartment. They were there for three years and uh, treated like royalty. And she loved the Japanese culture, and she, uh, you know, her house, when the day that she died, her house always had a lot of Japanese pieces, whether it's porcelain or crystal or a little Japanese piece here or there. But you'd always see a little oriental flavor in the decorating of her house. And then her Christmas tree, you know, uh, when, when my, my dad died and we went through all the stuff, you know, one of the, the most fun things we did was to go through all her Christmas ornaments, because when Christmas came, you know, it looked like, Santa Claus threw up in the house. I mean, it was just Christmas in every room. <laughs> and uh, so the four boys going through, oh, you remember this, remember that? And so we divided up all the Christmas stuff and just all the ornaments she collected from all across Europe and all across the, the Far East, you know, because we live in Tokyo, of course, we like traveling. And she just loved Christmas ornaments. So where, no matter where she traveled, she'd buy a Christmas ornament. And, uh, and, and she ended up having three Christmas trees in her house because of all the ornaments. She put like a Christmas tree smaller one in the kitchen, one big one in the dining room, and another big one in the living room, just to accommodate all the ornaments she expected over the years. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I feel like I'm in the, watching a movie. The colors are so vivid. <laughs> and the flavors, my gosh, I just got starving. <laughs> Talking about all that food. Oh, my goodness gracious. So out of all the boys, all the sons, who was the prodigal son? You're a mother, you, you definitely, and I'm a father, and we definitely have a different relationship with our different kids. Um, the joke is, I was her favorite. So I'm going to put that out for your audience. I was her favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, you know I, I've got, I'm very skinned. I have reddish blonde hair, strawberry blonde hair. I got blue eyes. My three other brothers are Italian. Dark hair, dark skin, dark eyes. You know, they, they tan at the, at the mention of the word sun. Uh, and, and I'm just opposite. I hear the worst son and I sunburn. So I got all the Irish blood in the family from my dad's side, and my other three brothers got all the Italian blood. So I was definitely you know, the milkman's uh, child when you compare the four of us together. Um, oh my gosh. So, I, so I think that, that may have swayed her a little bit in me being her favorite. Oh my gosh, listen to you. I can only imagine what your brothers would say to that. <laughs> oh, no, they, no they, would, they would freely admit it. No, they, they totally admit it. Oh, you're a monster. We all know that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, what's an, an example of how she expressed her love for you? Very, uh, both my mom and dad were very affectionate people. I mean, just um, hugs and kisses, you know, and just, um, you know, sitting down and holding hands and talking. You know, she, I'm glad it's not on Zoom right now. Oh. <laughs> I can love those lawyers. That's okay. 
She's magical. She really is amazing. And you seem to have captured her, her love of life. And I guess kitchen table and talk to them most um, intimate, you know, a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, pretty great, huh? It's amazing the simplest little thing can, she could be right next to you right now, right? Bring her spirit back so vividly. Exactly. Are you who you are today because of or in spite of your mom? Um, definitely the person I am today because of my mother. And uh, I'm proud of it. Very proud of it. She's an amazing woman. So um, I miss her every day. That's for sure. Well, she's right by your side. So make sure you give her a hug and a squeeze and a big smile so she knows that you're doing okay. She knows. Because <laughs> you're her uh, favorite. <laughs> But yeah, you know, we got my visit. She's always the first one out of bed, and you know, I hear her making coffee or smell the coffee. I get up and we have a little conversation there. And uh, before the kids got up, or um, you know, when I was busy, when I was married with kids and stuff like that. So she was a early riser, and uh, we went to bed by about ten o'clock every night, uh, like clockwork, and uh, and just never lost that uh, that little life. Uh, in her last days, she, um, you know, glimpses of the old her. And she's got a beautiful smile on her face. It's like nothing's happened. Yeah. Wow. It takes a lot to keep that smile on, right? That smile on your face. Oh, yeah. Even though you yeah. might be hurting inside or confused. It takes courage and, and the strength. And I admire that quite oh. a bit. Uh, my background. I mean, um, she raised four boys virtually by herself. I mean, I don't want to cut my dad out of the equation, but dad was an IBM. He's a businessman. He worked, you know, from eight to six. And, uh, um, and you know, he, again, always seemed to gain stuff like that. But during the, <laughs> during the work day, it was all her. And she had no help. She didn't have a nanny. She didn't have a house cleaner. Um, she raised four boys in her own, and all four boys are, you know, good, law-abiding, patriotic Americans, you know, who all serve their country but one, and, you know, he's going fantastically with an entrepreneur, and, and um, we're all married and have great families now because of my parents, and it's, an, it's a, a tribute to Penny Schaefer. She did an amazing job. I just, I just can't imagine doing that today. Wow, I know how expensive it is for three girls. I can't imagine four boys, and uh, just you know, all four you know are college educated. All four again have great lives independent from, from one another, and um, again, it's, it's truly a tribute to my mom. But yeah, she she pretty much did it, and she did it uh, dancing. How wonderful! And she did dancing the dress. Again, I do I do remember her, you know, back in the floor. And, Shaking her booty and dancing. Time to vaccine. Of course, we're embarrassed time, but you know, look back at it. It's one of the funniest things in the world. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I think it's kind yeah. of the parents' job is to embarrass our kids sometimes, just because kids Actually, don't yeah. understand, right? I'm sure you've done the same <laughs> to, yeah. with your daughters. <laughs> Greg Schaefer's book is entitled "Stay Safe." 
security secrets for today's dangerous world. Thanks for joining me, Greg. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Should have listened to my mother. It's my weekly podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook or at Jackie at shouldhavelistentomymother.com. See you next week.